The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for joining us. Very excited to have our second round here on the Leadership Moment, Profiles in Leadership, with our friend Dave Buring. Dave, glad to have you back. Thanks, Scott. Privilege to be with you. Oh, man, it's, it's, a, it's been a joy. If you have not heard the previous session where we profiled Lauren Cunningham, I would suggest stop what you're doing and go back one or two episodes and grab that great content. Thank you. Very inspiring, Dave. I really appreciate you being with us and also the, the depth that you've cultivated over these years in leadership. Thank you for that. Thank you. Well, here we go. We're going to we're going to be breaking down another leader now that more is more biblical, historic and someone that's meant a lot to you in your life in terms of gathering strength and courage to step out in leadership. Ezra from the Bible. Yeah. Ezra is one of those guys that you don't always hear about. He's not usually in one of the top 10 lists of biblical leaders, you know, but the epic kind of impact that he had was huge upon Israel. Sometimes they say because of his helping to bring the, if you want to call it the reintroduction of their constitution by law, many mm -hmm. Jewish people will view him as just right there next to Moses as number two, as far as impact upon them as a people, wow. even to this day. And yet he's one that we oftentimes don't hear a lot about. We, we do know that the book of you know Nehemiah and Ezra initially probably in the Bible were one, and then those got, you know, split up. But when you think of the people exiting Babylonia from the exile and they're coming back into their own land and being allowed to come back in. You have Zerubbabel who rebuilds the temple and then Ezra comes and brings the people and teaches them. And then Nehemiah builds the wall. And we might be mo most familiar with Nehemiah and the walls, mm -hmm. but him yeah. and Ezra, you know, were key players in there. And so, yeah, he's been one of those guys for me, probably since my mid twenties, I'm 60 years of age now that I have always admired, have a chance once in a while to look at him. And, and again, just recently preached a message in a church about him because they were looking at the book of Ezra. So yeah, one of those guys that I think can be a not only inspiring in who he was, but the context, Scott, that he appears, particularly in Ezra chapter seven and eight, we see mm -hmm. that that as he as he deals with Judah, the situation was pretty discouraging. There was religious laxity; it was just prevalent. They disregarded the law, and the the public and private morality was at a very very low level. So he comes in to do what he does at a very strategic time not unlike what we're maybe dealing with as well. Mm, in our own time. Yes. yes. 
Yes. Wow. I've read, obviously, all those part of the scripture, Ezra and Nehemiah. Were they, would you say they were co-workers or were they working at almost the same time? Yes. And it's an interesting read on that because some will just go to the grave saying, well, they were like teammates in some ways. And others will say, no, you know, this one preceded this one. And so it's not fully known, but you can tell that there seems to be a referencing, you know, of each other and each other's work. And, but Mm -hmm. there's somehow some way in there, I think a crossover for sure. For sure. And they were contemporaries. Maybe their contribution was distinct enough that maybe they weren't necessarily co-workers, certainly contemporaries yes. and working toward the same end yes. or the same conclusion. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's refreshing. Yeah. You know, even though we're co-working, maybe we're working toward the same outcome or the outcome, the overall outcome the Lord's looking for, not necessarily being teammates in some cases, yeah. but it takes more. God's grace requires and the expanse of his vision that we have multiple people contributing. So it's interesting that you say that about Nehemiah kind of maybe getting more of the headlines, more of the press. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He got more follows on the social media. <laughs> that's of the right. Day, maybe. That's right. Ezra was key because he dealt with specifically not the recon- the physical reconstruction, but it sounds like the spiritual reconstruction of the people there. That's exactly uh, right. That was, that was his role. What about his life do you find inspiring specifically? Obviously, you've said it was a target-rich environment if his message was holiness. Mm, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. were a lot of people around who needed that message. Yeah. What about him? is most impactful or maybe a few things there that you want to highlight. Sure. So, you know, one of my favorite phrases comes from the book of Ezra and in chapter seven and eight, it's repeated six times and it either says it this way for the good hand of his God was on him or Mm. for the hand of the Lord, my God was on me. There's this understanding of the good hand of the Lord resting upon his life. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, these six different things, it's interesting. And I'll just kind of buzz by them quick, Scott, but in Ezra seven, six, where it talks about the hand of the Lord as God was on him, it's in the context of asking the King to be able to go back to the land. And, and Mm. because he asked and the King, and it says the King granted him all that he asked. I think when we, can walk with the Lord, we can expect his good hand to be upon us and give us favor. And he had favor with the king. The next mention of it is the meat of it for me. It's in Ezra 7, 9, and 10, and it talks about the good hand of the Lord on him. But then it says this, and it's kind of the the summary of Ezra's life in verse 10. And and it's a portion of scripture that spoke very loudly to me in my 20s when I was trying to determine, do I stay in ministry? Do I go into television broadcast? What do I do? And this, this portion, it says this, for Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, to do it, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. And this is really the core of his life. So you see these four things. He set his heart, even though he had this huge challenge of leading thousands of captives back to Jerusalem, he set his heart 
towards God. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that we need to look at in our our own journeys today. Have we set our heart or does it get nudged by what's cool or what is trending or what is the latest thing versus a heart set? And then it says to study God's laws. In other words, he his heart was hungry to learn the ways of God from, you know, the scriptures mm. at the time. And of course, we have the New Testament now as well. But he studied the word diligently to know God's heart and expectations and he knew God's ways. And so not only was there a set heart, but then he began to drink in the ways of God. And then I love this dynamic before he taught it. And this is where I think we can go screwy these days. We get excited about something and before we know it, it's social mediaized all over the place. Before he taught <laughs> it, before he communicated it with everybody, it says to do it. Yes. He knew that the word of God was not just to be something in his head, but it was something that was to be obeyed first in his life. Absolutely. And I think because then later, you know, the next one is to teach it. And that was probably part of his wiring and his giftings and his role that God gave him. Mm -hmm. But he understood the principle of doing before teaching. And I think that's one that we often run right over, completely violate. And the sad thing for me about that, Scott, is when you don't first do it, you do not really have the authority to be able to communicate it to others. And I think God blesses the doing of it first so that when someone communicates it, there's a little extra heft behind it that someone Mm. catches as they're talking about it. So I, I think that portion really gets to the heart of who Ezra was. Wow. He gave us quite a gift there to reinforce. I can think of, you know, some scriptures and acts and others that also highlight that sequence. Yes, that's right. Um, It's exciting to see something or to have something revealed to you, especially I think when I was younger. I was ready to talk about it before I'd heard the whole thing. Sure, I, sure. I think that's the that's the way youth yeah, works, exactly. right? I mean, as a young person, you know, I think as we're maturing and as we're making ourselves embrace some patience, these things get founded inside of yes. us. Yes. Not just something we become aware of, but it's something, as you say, as we do them, as we demonstrate those things, and as we embody That thing God was trying to show us, not just for entertainment value. Sadly, I think we can fall into the trap with so much entertainment around us. We can fall into the trap of treating God and his word and and spiritual things as entertainment, which doesn't require us to do anything but consume. Yes. (laughs) We want to avoid that trap, sir. Yeah, indeed. Well, I think... As you look at these passages of the good hand of the Lord, you see a passage here where they had to take courage. And I think, you know, as Ezra lived this way, studying, setting his heart, doing it, teaching it kind of in that order and and how he proceeded, God was able to grace him with courage and there's a mention of the good hand of the Lord being upon them as they traveled. Like one of the things that I think we don't always realize is that, you know, when you consider the factors involved in his story, Ezra had huge faith. He fasted, he prayed. Mm. And 
the reality is several thousand Jews inexperienced in travel and war carrying huge sums in gold and gold and silver are led by a scribe, not a soldier. (laughs) And they're traveling. They travel through very dangerous territory that they said was infested by bandits. And so that's why they fasted and prayed. Ezra knew he was a realist and he knew what he was dealing with. And it says in the scriptures, he fasted and implored our God for this. And then when you get to the sixth and final good hand of the Lord upon them in chapter eight, verse 31, it's actually, they had covered the 900 miles over a period of four months and they arrived there safe. And he says, the hand of our God delivered us. Yes. And so I think, you know, Ezra's setting his heart towards God, digging into the scriptures to learn God's character and ways, and then doing it in his own life and then teaching it to others. We, We just see incredible impact through a man's life. Wow. How inspiring and how informative. I think that we would do well to receive, as Ezra did, clearly the instruction to be serious and grave minded. He was a focused guy, scribe. That would make sense, too. But the way he passed that on to us as a gift. Mm. And I've traveled hundreds of miles with bandits (laughs) all about. I'm sure you have as well. But think about doing it on a donkey or in a long (laughs) parade by foot. Your ability to evade, you would just know, hey, fasting and prayer comes first, not the evasive uh, tactics to get away. (laughs) That's exactly right. The courage necessary to undertake that type of challenge, Mm -hmm. how God's grace is on us for the things that he's called us to do. And we can learn so much from these examples of those who've made the most of that grace, the good hand of God. Yes. on their lives. Wonderful wording. I love that too. We're running out of time because I'm taking you right up to your next appointment. I thank you so much, Dave, for being here. Give us just a sec here as a departure greeting. Let us know what we can do to find out more. Obviously, we listed that on the previous podcast, which if you haven't heard, you got to get it. How can we stay in touch and learn more about Lions Share Ministries and what you're doing? Sure. If people go online to Lionshare, L-I- O-N-S-H-A-R-E dot org. You'll see what we do there where our focus is a lot on making disciple makers and that's helping people grow spiritually. And then we also have a bridge to that into the vocations. How do you teach the ways of God to people who serve in, in your vocation. So in other words, followers of Jesus like you who work in the, you know, whether it's the entertainment industry or, or in the factory or in the restaurant or in your company, how do you appropriately pass those things on so that God's ways can become the reference point for character and for competency, commitment and what you're doing, those kinds of things. And so over the years, Scott, we've discipled people not only in church life, but through the vocations and helping them really reflect Jesus well where they live and serve. That is very, I don't know, inspiring might be a better word for me because obviously I'm in business as well as in missions. And I know that there is something in what you're developing there and have developed that can help people get a sense of their spirituality in an out of building experience. Yes. So that to me is incredibly valuable. Valuable. Thank you very much, Dave, for being with us. Many blessings to you. We'll tag all the links in the show notes. And I hope to get you back onto the From the Forefront podcast 
to talk at length about your ministry. Thank you for highlighting these leaders for us. Very encouraging. But maybe in the next few months, we can get you lined up for a recording. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.